Welcome to the Bethel World Outreach Church Podcast. It's our prayer that wherever you are in life, today's message will help you draw closer in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Last week, we spoke to you about the power of the blood of Jesus and how during this season of this pandemic, one of the wisest things you and I can do is to quarantine ourselves under the blood. Now, we must continue to observe all of the natural laws of hygiene. Keep your hands clean, wash your hands often. Observe the social distancing. Don't place yourself in harm's way. God, by his grace, through signs, has revealed to us how the natural law is operating and how this enemy called the coronavirus operates. And we need to use the knowledge he has given us wisely so that we don't put ourselves unnecessarily in harm's way. So please, I hope all of you are walking wisely and you are not foolishly placing yourself in harm's way. But we're not going to put all our faith in natural things. We have access to the blood of Jesus, which from a spiritual standpoint provides us with access to the grace of God, which we need during this time. And access to the power of God and to the presence of God, which we need during this time. And so, I want to continue this week to build your faith and to help you activate your faith in the blood of Jesus. And so, let's read a passage from Exodus chapter 12. From verse 12, we'll read to verse 13, and then we'll read verse 29 to 36. I want you to see in the scripture a powerful story of what the blood of the Passover lamb was able to accomplish in Israel. And then we'll comment on that. Let's read together. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 29. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive, who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he, all of his servants, all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. I want you to imagine that. Not a house where there was not at least one person who had died as a result of this plague. Then then notice his response. Then he called for Moses and Aaron that night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you 
have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said and be gone. And please bless me also. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we shall all be dead. They were aware that they were being judged because of how they had mistreated the Egyptians and the Israelites. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bows bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. And thus they plundered the Egyptians. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. So there is a quick summary of what happened that night in Egypt. The plague, the death of the firstborn in the Egyptian households, but how God made a difference between his people and the Egyptians. And because of the blood of the Passover lambs that were killed that night, not one of the Jewish children lost their lives during this plague. They were supernaturally protected by God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Now go to 1 Corinthians 5, 7. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Therefore, this is in the New Testament now, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened. Here it is. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Right where you are, say, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for me. In Israel, the Passover lambs were sacrificed for each household, providing protection for those who were under the blood. And here, we're being told in the New Covenant that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Say it again. Say, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. There are so, so many benefits that come to us because of the blood of Jesus. Today, I'm going to deal with only three. The three that are revealed clearly to us in the story of Israel's deliverance from the plague as a result of shedding the blood of the Passover lambs in Exodus chapter 12. Because it is very clear that what took place then was a type of what Christ would do for us. And what the Passover lambs that were shed by Israel were able to accomplish, Christ, our Passover, is able to accomplish for us, but to a greater degree. 
Amen. If the blood of animals was able to do what it did for Israel under the old covenant, the blood of Jesus, our Passover lamb, is able to do for us but more. Say hallelujah. So one more time, right where you are, say Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed for us. Say hallelujah. In the old covenant, it was the father or the head of the household who had to sacrifice the lamb for his family. Thank God, in the new covenant, our heavenly father has provided the lamb, the son of God, and has sacrificed the lamb for us. For us. For us. For our benefit. He's called the Passover lamb. He was sacrificed for us so that certain things can pass over us. Say hallelujah. So let's look at the three things that are very clearly shown to us at the Passover lamb accomplished for Israel, which our Passover lamb can accomplish for us, but even more. Here's the first thing we see. That the Passover lamb in Exodus chapter 12 shielded Israel from the wrath or the judgment of God. The death of the firstborn son of every Egyptian was an act of judgment that came upon the land because of their mistreatment and the injustice that they had shown towards God's people. But it is very clear that God said, while judgment is being poured out upon the land, when I see the blood, it will be a sign to me. And wherever I see the blood, I will pass over, and I will not allow the destroyer or, or the judgment to enter into the home, homes of those to whom the blood has been given and applied. Thus, that night, no judgment, no wrath of God came upon any Israelite who has taken refuge under the blood. God made a difference. And one of the most practical benefits that you and I have, because Christ, the Passover, has been, his blood has been shed for us. One of the most practical benefits we get to claim during this time is that the blood of Jesus shields us from judgment and wrath. Wherever the blood of Jesus is applied, judgment cannot come there. Whenever the blood of Jesus is applied, wrath cannot be poured. God will never allow judgment or wrath to come upon anyone who is under the blood. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the blood of Jesus shields us from judgment. There was only one reason Israel did not experience what the Egyptians experienced. It was not because they were better people than the, than the Egyptians. It wasn't because of their devotional life. It wasn't because they were keeping all the commandments, because at that time the commandments had not even been given. There was only, there was only one reason that they were spared, and it was because the Passover lamb had been sacrificed 
and the blood had been applied. It was the blood that protected them, nothing else. And it is the blood of Jesus that protects us today from the wrath of God. Let me show you that in the New Testament. Romans chapter 5, from verse 6 to 10. Let's read together. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood. Watch this. Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be what? Saved from wrath through him. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus saves us, delivers us from the wrath of God. And so, child of God, you can be confident that because Christ, your Passover, has been shared, you are saved, you are protected from God's wrath. You will never experience the wrath or the judgment of God because of the blood of Jesus. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Somebody listening ought to be able to say amen. I am going to be saved by his life and I am protected, shielded from his wrath by the blood of Jesus. So that's the first clear benefit of having Christ, our Passover lamb, being sacrificed for us. Here's the second benefit. Israel was in bondage. God sent Moses to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh to let his people go. Pharaoh refused. There were nine other plagues that were sent. The flies, the boils, the frogs, the water being turned to blood. On and on, nine different plagues, and each time Pharaoh refused to surrender, refused to yield, refused to bow. But then came the 10th plague, and this time, what Pharaoh would not do before, when the Passover lambs were sacrificed and the blood was applied. That very day that the Passover lambs were sacrificed, that very day that the blood was sprinkled on their homes, that very day Satan sent for Moses and sent for Aaron and Satan said to them, you leave now. Take your people. Take all of your, your, your herds. Go and worship your God just like you have asked. Wait a minute. What the other nine plagues could not do, the blood of the Passover lamb did. And here's the second benefit that you and I can expect from the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will subdue 
the enemy. And the blood of Jesus will force the enemy to surrender. Oh, you didn't hear me. Nothing else could convince Pharaoh to bow. But the blood of the sacrificial lamb broke his back, forced him to submit, subdued him, and caused him to surrender to the authority of Moses. Hallelujah. Now, that's, that's what the blood of animals did. But I'm here to tell you that if the blood of animals could make Pharaoh submit and surrender to Moses' authority, if the blood of animals could subdue Pharaoh and force him to let the people go, there is no power that is strong enough to resist the power of the blood of Jesus. Hear me, the blood of Jesus will subdue the enemy. The blood of Jesus will force the enemy to submit and surrender to you and to your authority in Christ Jesus. You see, there, there are some, some diseases that would not yield to medicine. There are some psychological and emotional problems that would not yield to counseling. There are some spiritual problems that would not yield to spiritual disciplines. But I'm here to tell you that there is no Pharaoh, there is no devil, there is no problem, there is no enemy so strong, so powerful, that the blood of Jesus cannot subdue it and force it to bow, to submit, and to surrender to your authority in the name of Jesus. So I want to encourage you, know this, believe this, confess this boldly in prayer. Every knee must bow to the authority of the blood of Jesus and learn to begin in prayer. Learn to confront the enemy with the blood of Jesus. Amen? Learn to say to your circumstances, learn to say to your problems, learn to say to your enemy, learn to say to the devil, learn to say to coronavirus in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the blood, you bow. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the blood, you cannot prosper. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the blood, you surrender. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the blood, no weapon formed against me can prosper. Take the blood of Jesus. It's your most powerful and effective enemy uh, uh, weapon and begin to use it to make the enemy bow, submit, surrender, and release that which legally belongs to you. God will honor the blood when you exercise your faith in it. The devil will have to back. The devil has no defense against the blood of Jesus, none whatsoever. So be bold, be courageous, and begin to speak and declare and to use the blood of Jesus in prayer against him. Just like Pharaoh's back was broken, just like Pharaoh was subdued and forced to submit and surrender to Moses' authority, the blood of Jesus will cause the enemy to submit to you. In Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. The blood will shield you from the wrath of God. Two, the blood will subdue the enemy for you and force the enemy to submit and surrender to you as you exercise your authority in the name of Jesus. And then here's the third and final benefit that we'll look at today. The Bible tells us that when Israel left Egypt that night, they left with flocks, they left with jewelry, they left with gold, they left with silver, they left with clothing. In fact, we read, the Bible says they plundered the Egyptians. In other words, when they left, they left with everything they needed. God had richly supplied. And here's the third, third benefit of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will secure and supply you with everything you need for this journey you're on. Do you hear me? The blood of Jesus will see to it that you are richly supplied with everything you need for life and godliness, spiritually, emotionally, physically, materially, everything that we need in this life in order to do what God has called us to do. The blood of Jesus secures it from us, for us, and the blood of Jesus sees to it that we are richly supplied. Say hallelujah. The scripture tells us, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The scripture says God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The scripture tells us that we have been made partakers of the divine nature and God is providing everything we need for life and godliness. All of these things are ours because of the blood. You see, it is the blood of Jesus that has qualified us for our inheritance by redeeming us, by cleansing us, by justifying us, by making us righteous in God's sight. It has qualified us for all of the blessings that belong to the righteous man. And so because of the blood, you and I can be confident no matter what happens in this economy, no matter what happens in the nations of the world, our God is going to see to it because of the blood that the things we have need of for life and godliness shall be supplied through Jesus Christ. Say hallelujah. So listen to me. These are, these are serious times. Um, a lot of people are afraid. As believers, we need to be concerned. We need to, to, to be wise. But we don't need to be afraid. Why? Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. And that the blood of animals could shield them from God's wrath, subdue their enemy and make him surrender, secure and supply everything they needed for their journey. How much more? The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so may your faith in the blood of Jesus in our Passover lab be strengthened. And during this time, instead of walking in fear, let's develop our faith. Let's confess our faith. 
Let's declare our faith like never before. Because you see, when we exercise faith, when we activate our faith in the blood, we allow the power of God's grace to be activated in our lives. And we can begin to experience all of the things for which Christ died. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. If you were brought into a courtroom um, here in this country, in America, and you were charged with crimes or you were accused, you, you, can, you, you have several options. You can, you can plead the fifth, which means you're not going to say anything and hope that there would not be enough evidence discovered to convict you. And so you're just going to be quiet or you can plead guilty and, and hope that the judge will be merciful and you might get a lighter sentence if you did. Or you may plead not guilty or you might plead innocent and, and try to argue your case to convince the judge that you are innocent and you can provide this and provide that and provide this and hopefully get a verdict of not guilty. You can do that. And, and some people, when they come before God, seeking God's favor, seeking God's blessings, often come before God pleading innocence and trying to obtain favor by providing evidence of their goodness. There's some who might even plead guilty and hope for mercy. Some don't come at all. I guess they're pleading the fifth. But whether you're pleading the fifth or you're pleading guilty or you're pleading uh, not guilty, uh, innocent, and you're trying to justify, you can try any or you can try all of those things. But any and all of those things will land you in a lot of trouble. Because you see, in God's court, the evidence against you is beyond uh, dispute. And so the scriptures declares, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The scripture says, there's none righteous, no, not one. The scripture says, the wages of sin is death. The scripture says, by the works of the Lord, no one will be justified. So, instead of pleading not guilty and trying to convince yourself or convince God that you're good enough, you see, God, I go to church. God, I, I, you know, I no longer do this. God, this is what I'm doing now. Listen, all of that will land you in trouble. This is what God says. This is not a plea you can make in a U.S. court, but this is a plea you can make in God's court. And this is the only plea that will get you what you need. You can plead the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't plead the fifth. Plead the blood. Don't plead guilty and stop there. Plead the blood. Don't plead innocent. Plead the blood. You see, when you plead the blood, this is what God said, when I see the blood, doesn't matter who you are, but if you plead the blood and you place your faith in the blood, when I see the blood, 
I will pass over you. When I see the blood, I will not allow the destroyer to come into your home. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Because you see, when I see the blood, I see evidence of how much my son was willing to sacrifice for you. When I see the blood, I see how much you mean to me. When I see the blood, I see evidence of justice already fulfilled. I see evidence of the law already satisfied. When I see the blood, I see evidence of judgment already executed. And where judgment has already happened, judgment cannot be permitted to come again. When I see the blood, I see evidence of a perfect substitute who lived a perfect life on your behalf. When I see the blood, I see my son in you. Plead the blood. And the blood will shield you from the wrath of God. Plead the blood. And the blood would subdue the enemy and force him to surrender. He has no defense against the blood. Plead the blood, and the blood will qualify you for every blessing that God has promised the righteous. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Right where you are. May the words that have just been spoken become light for your mind, may it become revelation for your heart, may it be food for your faith. May this word activate your faith in the blood of Jesus so that during these times you can walk in amazing peace because you know the blood is shielding you from God's wrath. The blood is subduing the enemy and the blood is securing and supplying everything you need for your life today and tomorrow and forever. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Somebody may be watching right now. And you cannot claim the protection of the blood. You cannot claim the power of the blood because you have not yet sprinkled the blood. You have not yet believed. You have not yet received Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. These promises are for those who believe in the Son of God. These promises are for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and as their Lord. And so if you're watching right now and you say, Bishop, I want to be saved. I want to come under the protection of the blood of Jesus. I want to be delivered from sin and from Satan. I want God to live in my life and I want to live for God. 
if right now you're lost and you have no assurance of salvation, you don't know where you will spend eternity if you were to die today. Hear me. This gospel is good news and I've been commissioned to preach it for you. Right where you are, if you will simply make the decision to believe in Jesus, in his death for you, believe that he is the son of God who died and shed his blood for you. If you will say, Jesus, I repent of my sin and I receive you now as my savior and as my Lord, right where you are, you will experience the gift of forgiveness of all of your sins and the blessing of eternal life. Right where you are, you will come under the protection of the blood. And you too will be shielded from God's wrath. You too will have the authority to make the enemy submit. And you too, by the blood of Jesus, will be able to claim the promise of divine and supernatural supply of all that you need for life and godliness. And so I'm going to lead you in prayer right now. And I want you to simply pray after me. Pray these words, but pray them from your heart because today salvation is coming to your house. Eternal life is coming into your heart. Hallelujah. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I know that I'm a sinner and I've broken your commandments. And I know I cannot save myself. But today, I make the decision to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and as my Lord. I put my faith in him that he might turn me and deliver me from sin, from a life of sin, from the power of sin, and from the penalty of sin. Jesus, I receive you now, and I confess that you are my Savior, and you are my Lord. I place my faith in you, and I plead your blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen to me. That was a simple prayer. But if you prayed that from your heart and truly repented of your sins and truly asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you meant it, then let me be the first to say to you right now, by the authority given to me, by God's holy word, your sins, all of them are forgiven. You have now come under God's protection, the protection of the blood. You are now shielded from God's wrath. And you now have the power to make the enemy surrender, you now have the privilege of securing all that you need for life and godliness through Christ Jesus. Listen, we need to help you grow, and so there's information being provided to you right now. Please contact us by phone, by email, but contact us so that we can help you with your new life. If you live in this Maryland area where we are, in Montgomery County or Prince George's County or Frederick County, 
listen to me we may not be too far from where you live and if that's the case we invite you as soon as our services resume here at our facility to come and join us but until then every Sunday we're going to be coming to you online keep following these messages keep following these services so that we can minister to you in Jesus name God bless you Thanks for listening today. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. To learn more about Bethel or to support this ministry financially, please visit us at www.bethelcityofhope.com. You can also connect with us via Facebook or Instagram at Bethel City of Hope. Thanks again. Have a great day.